Welcome to the Topeka First Assembly podcast. We hope this message serves as an encouragement to you. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so online at www.topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. Uh, we're going to get into the Word of God this morning. I uh, want to jump in over into the book of Romans is where we're going to look at together and a couple other scriptures. And last week, uh, we started, uh, started talking to you in, a, in our new series on the, the faith walk. We, we looked a little bit into the, the conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus, uh, and he talked, spoke about being born again. And so this week, we're going, going to talk to the passage uh, of faith that we find there in uh, the book of Romans chapter 10. And uh, really, it's a key portion of Scripture, and, and I think sometimes we miss uh, what the Apostle Paul was writing, what the Lord was saying through him as he wrote to us and to the Romans, the Roman Christians. So what we do remember is we do have a message of faith. Uh, when was the last time you took a walk? Uh, now, yeah, I, it may be different for everybody, right? Uh, everybody, uh, uh, you know, you, you may do it daily. Uh, you may be the type of person that walks daily. You may be one that just walks once in a while. Uh, uh, and uh, you do that to exercise. And, uh, uh, you know, there, there's different ways you could do it. You can decide where you want to go and how you want to get out and about. Are, are you going to just maybe walk on the sidewalk in your neighborhood where you know the path is even and predictable? Uh, you know, you can do that. that. That's a little safer. It's a path that you're uh, less likely to trip on. Or it may, you may be the more adventurous person, just a little bit more, and so you go out on the Shunga Trail or something like that, and you walk on that. It's uh, still a path there for you to go on, and, and you can enjoy that. And then there's a person say, that says, you know, I, that's not rugged enough for me. I, I like to really hike. And so maybe you go out into the woods, and you like to go on the path where, where few people go, and you, you push to the briars and all that kind of stuff. You just enjoy uh, doing that kind of thing because, few have walked it. Well, well, the walk of faith may be a little different for each of us. And some who are new to the faith, you, you, you want to dive in head first uh, with everything you have to grow in your walk with the Lord and to build up your faith and be strong in Him. But uh, this person really likes the woods, right? They like to go in those places. And others find uh, maybe the kind of person who they just want to wade in just a little bit uh, kind of test the water, so to speak. They, they like that sidewalk. Uh, and then you maybe find yourself somewhere in between. And one thing's for sure, still the faith walk. It's still the faith walk. Uh, that's what it is. And you have to be able to get up and make some movement, even if the only action you have in your body is two steps. If that's all you have left, then take those two steps don't just step back and say, well, you know, I'm just going to sit here. But we have, we have a message of faith, and today we need to open up the Scriptures and look here in Romans uh, 10 to see what the Apostle is writing. And for some, this is a new passage. Uh, for others, you may know this passage very well. And, and in fact, it's so familiar to you uh, that you may be able to quote it as I go through and read it, but I dare you not to do that. Uh, because I want you to open your heart and your mind to what the Apostle Paul is writing here so that you can grab a hold of what he is saying. 
And I think it's important for sometimes for us just to quiet our hearts and allow the Spirit of God to speak to us through His Word. And so let me read this passage to you, and then we'll go through and break it down a little bit. And it's going to be on the screen for you. Maybe you have it on your cell phone or your Bible. He says this in Romans 10, verse 9, he says, but, or verse 8, sorry. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. He goes on here in verse 11 and says this. He says, as scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on his name or on, on him. For whoever, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. A powerful passage. And we're going to look through this passage, uh, but before we do that, we need to deal with some previous verses that really set the stage for this. I'm afraid that what we do at times is we'll look at passages or verses and we don't look at the context well, and it's important for us to do that to see what the apostle's saying here. And uh, and and we're going to start off by the on this by saying my first point is this: some people try to create their own righteousness. Some people try to create their own righteousness. What is right righteousness really? It's uh, it's right standing with God. And look at what Paul says in verse three of chapter ten. He says this, since they did not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. God's own, we, we find here he's speaking about God's own people. Uh, and uh, before and during Jesus' time, uh, they, they weren't yet willing to follow God's way. Although they had the message of God, they had the law of God, and they, they thought that they would uh, become, they could become righteousness or good by their own setup, by their own works, by their own rules that they actually uh, set up for themselves. And they believed that God would accept them based on their own ideas and their own service for humanity. But they were mistaken. They were mistaken. And today really is the same as uh, the same. It's really not much different. Uh, and maybe you have a friend that says to you, I I'm not part of a church, but I I'm a good person. Uh, God will accept me because I treat others well. And I think we've all heard people say those words. Maybe, we maybe we've even said them ourselves. Uh, but we all have, we've all talked to people with those kind of views, and you may even be a person like, like this yourself. But the problem here is that there is an issue with that type of faith or that type of understanding. And, and so we have to be able to look to see what the Scripture says to us and follow what God's Word says to us. And, and uh, we can't live in that fashion. We have to ask for that person that says, well, you know, I'm not part of the body in any form or fashion, but 
The scripture teaches us that Jesus is the head of the church body. Jesus is the head. And uh, he's the head of the body. And, and the Bible also tells us that Jesus is the fullness of God uh, in, in a physical form. And, and you need to take a better look at scriptures for your opinions or your ideas before you run with your own ideas because you can't create your own righteousness. In fact, uh, I know that uh, it, 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 we're in a time where it's, we have, a lot of people have been disconnected because of our situation, the crisis at hand, and we understand that, that some are not able to get out maybe because of their medical conditions and those kind of things and, and all that. We, we understand that, and, and thankfully, things are moving towards the other direction. They're getting vaccine out and all that kind of stuff and those things, but but we, we understand that some can't come right away, but that will change, and that's a temporary situation. But we have to understand on the other side of this that what uh, Paul, uh, Paul says over in Colossians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, is as we get a perspective of who Jesus is and what the church is about, he, he says, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. He says it in chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 which depends on human tradition and the elemental uh, spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form, or the fullness of God, deity there, or the Godhead. In other words, he was God in the flesh, and you must not create your own righteousness. We must depend on him. You have to allow God's word to frame your life and understanding of what it what it means to truly be on the faith walk. What does it mean to us to be on this faith walk? Now, we, we understand that the message of faith is not only doing good works. Good deeds, good works are good. But it's simply not following the, the Old Testament rules or what was called the law back in the day uh, for salvation. Salvation doesn't uh, uh, come from that. that. That seems to be what many people used to do. And then some uh, made up their own rules. In fact, that when they were supposed to follow the Sabbath, then they would say, okay, that means uh, the, the we, can, we can only walk a half mile. They would, they would add other rules onto that, and people can do that. Uh, even today, uh, and that, so easily. But some, someone attends church, and then someone offends them, especially in our volatile world, right? We live in a volatile world right now, and, and so they think that I will, just, uh, I will just do church by myself. And I understand right now temporary measures, but we need to get past that and let healing come into our lives if somebody has offended them. You have to find that place of refuge among God's people, as imperfect as we are. Reality, right? We're imperfect. We're human beings, but we're growing and, and we're moving from faith to faith. We're allowing God to work in our lives. We should be. Let, let's look back over into Romans chapter 10, verses 3 and 4 there, because there's more, uh, more to this than in verse, uh, verse 3 itself. He says, since they did not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. And we read that before. But then he goes on to say, Christ is the culmination of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who knows about God. Does it say that? 
It says who believes. It is, it's that element of, of faith, right? It's that element of trust in God. And then he goes on uh, to say uh, Moses writes this about the righteousness that is by the law. The person who does these things will live by them. And that's the way the Old Testament law was. They were supposed to follow it. It was God's rules for his people. They were supposed to follow that. What about those that didn't have the law, like Abraham, before who was before the law? It's by faith, my friends. It was by faith for him. And even those that were coming to uh, serve God under the law, it was still by faith for them. It wasn't simply by works. We can see this walk of faith that we walk in. Really, it comes down to Jesus and what he has done for us. It also comes down to putting our faith in him, not in the old, not on the old ceremonial laws of the Old Testament that God gave Moses for everybody, everyone to follow, but Christ is the culmination of the law. In other words, he's the conclusion. He, he's the finale. He's, the, uh, he's the, the peak of it. We could say he's the end or he's the fulfillment of the law, the Old Testament law. In reality, salvation comes by faith. It comes by trust in Jesus. And, uh, uh, and the, the truth is, is that we are made righteous before God by faith in Christ. We're not made, made righteous by uh, just simply uh, living good. It's not that we shouldn't live good, because we should live good, but our salvation is based on faith in what Jesus has done for us. It's Him that actually makes us righteous. Live by faith in Jesus. Stay connected to Him and to His body. would kind of be interesting just to have a body with no head, Right? And it would be kind of interesting to have a head with no body, right? Don't really want to think about that picture, but the reality is, is when we think about our relationship with God, we need to re recognize the fact it's hard to have a relationship with God, with Jesus, who is the head, and not have a relationship with the rest of the body. It's important for us to stay connected. Sure, right now in these times, it's been a little bit more difficult, but we can find ways to make those connections, right? We can find ways to do that. Earlier, I mentioned that when you uh, take a walk, that some may only like to walk on the sidewalk, uh, and, and others can handle that trail in the nature, and there are those who want to walk in the woods where there is no path. I, I know that uh, growing up on the farm, I enjoyed going into those places and, and uh, walking back and finding new little areas, nooks and crannies uh, back, back inside the woods. And, you know, if you, if you think about it, sidewalks, they may have some cracks uh, and some holes that you could trip on. And so, so each step you take, you have to take by faith, right? And we don't think much about it. It's kind of like sitting down in the chair, right? We sit down in the chair this morning. We expect the chair is going to hold us up, right? It's got steel legs. It's got a nice, uh, nice uh, seat and everything. It should hold us up. It shouldn't be an issue. And then when you go into the woods, if you take that kind of walk, you realize that there could be leaves that are covering holes. I don't know how much you went into the woods, but when you go out there, there's, there, there could be a hole, and you can step in, step in it not knowing it until, until you hit the ground, right? Because those leaves covered, or you may trip on a stick, those kind of things. 
But, but also there's a great benefit of going out there in those places and you can be greatly blessed even though you take a chance. We take a risk every day to walk out the door. It's just life. Did it before COVID. Uh, you take a risk, but the risk is well worth it because we know what's on the other side when it comes to walking by faith. We know what the Word of God teaches us. There, there's something for us. Uh, and on the trail, it's, it may be a well-taken path, but a snake may cross your path, right? And he may try to chase you down. <laughs> so, that's okay. Step on his head, I guess. I don't know what you're going to do today, but doesn't mean you shouldn't walk the path. Doesn't mean you shouldn't step onto the path. Every step you take is by faith, and it's here that we look back to our main passage, and we find this is that we have a faith message. We have a faith message, and, and we see it there in verse 8, really. Uh, Paul, Paul writes to these Roman believers, and he says to them, the word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim, or the word of faith that we proclaim. Uh, and the good, this, this is a good news. It is a message of faith. It's one of trusting in what God has said, and has done for each and every one of us. You have to stop here just for a second and uh, really uh, think and uh, ask yourself, is this word of faith something? Is this message of faith? Is it something that I am following? Uh, is it something I'm sharing with others? See, the Apostle Paul and the other apostles, uh, they preached the gospel. They preached this good news message to so many people, and they still do that through the Word of God. And, and it's really, it's a really basic, it's basic here for us in the new, new uh, in the NIV translation. The word proclaimed, uh, proclaimed is followed by the punctuation symbol of a colon. And this shows that there's an explanation to what the word or message of faith really is. It's there in verses 9 and 10 what the word or the message of faith really is. And he says it there in verse 9. Again, he says, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe. It's your heart that you believe and then are justified, and it is with your mouth that you uh, profess or confess uh, your faith and are saved. It is the work of God that He does in our lives, but we step out in faith to follow Him and to believe. Th these two verses really are core verses to the faith. They're, they're core verses. Why? Because Paul lays out what the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John really display by when they record all of the works of Jesus and they, they, they show us what Jesus taught, what he, the situations he walked through. They show us also his death and resurrection of, of, and, and we see that in the, the New Testament and the Gospels. The Gospels really are important for us. We find this, and if you go back and if you look here, he talks about uh, you'll, you'll be saved. He lays out here the faith walk. He lays it out in John 3. We heard from Jesus and Nicodemus about being born again, right? We, we know that. And now in, in Romans chapter 10, we hear after Jesus has given his life 
what actions of faith we need to take. And then Paul lays it out uh, that our faith in action and God's response to give us salvation, right? Saved from what? Well, you got, oh, I'm saved. Well, that's nice. What does that mean? Saved from what? (laughs) That's the question we have to ask, and I think that's what a lot of people ask. Saved from our own sinfulness. Saved from uh, going our own direction. And And that sinfulness we know had separated us from God. It caused us to be separate from Him because what? He's holy, right? He's holy and He's separate, and, and we, we need to be able to have that connection with God, and that salvation can only happen through the work that Jesus has done for us. So if you go back to what He says in Romans chapter 10, verse 3 there, He wrote, Since they did not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. How many times does that happen? But now we don't have to depend on establishing or creating our own righteousness. See, we've been called by God to trust Him through faith and through our honest confession of faith in Jesus and out of sincere belief in our heart, the salvation of God comes to our life and then He does the work of justifying us. Aren't you glad that He's the one that says justified that old saying they say about justification, just as I've never sinned, just like I've never sinned, however we say it, but we understand that we've been justified before God. And how does that happen? By faith in Jesus and what He has done for us on the cross. He creates in us a new heart. And that new heart comes through that salvation work that He provides for us. He puts a new heart in us. Jesus died for us. He was raised for us. And we stand on the righteousness of Jesus. You have to step back just a little bit and and look at that. How how do we get get and understand that righteousness of Jesus? It comes out of 2 Corinthians 5.21. Should be there on the screen for you. These words are about Jesus that the Apostle Paul writes. And he says, God made him who? Jesus. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And some translations say the righteousness of God in Christ. So our right standing doesn't come because we have been some great person and we've done these wonderful works for humanity or because we've given out food to help those who are in need on Tuesday. Those are great things. Those are important things. But we do that because God has done something for us and He has uh, transformed the heart and then we can give out from what God has done for us. What a great opportunity that we have. And and it's wonderful to know that we have become the righteousness of God in Christ when we put our faith in Him. That's a powerful passage. It means if you believe, it doesn't mean if you are aware, but if you believe and profess Jesus as Lord, your righteousness comes from Him. You don't have to create your own righteousness to get to heaven, but you trust Christ. And now that doesn't mean that you can live any way you want to, right? We get that. We understand it. Only those that feel that haven't really read the Scripture well enough and applied it. We all have to be able to, to grow in that area. Uh, say, little Johnny, you, ha- you have your kid, little Johnny, he's got to take a bath, right? 
You're going to go to the store to go buy some groceries, and so you give little bath and jo- or little Johnny a bath, and uh, and he's all ready to go. And so you tell him, Johnny, don't go outside and play outside because we're going to the store here in just a few minutes. And so uh, and so you see him there. He is in the in the kitchen with you, and you're getting ready. And before you know you know it, Johnny runs outside, sneaks out gets in and starts playing in the dirt, and then he sees one of those mud puddles. You guys know what I'm talking about. If you were anything like me when you were a kid, I don't know, uh, mud puddle's awesome. You just jump in that thing, nothing better, right? And so he he jumps, little Johnny jumps in that thing and makes a mess of himself. Uh, And now his his parents says, look, you you can't go to the store like that. That's a mess. You aren't too happy the way you acted, right? Not too happy. I can say that once we accept Jesus' righteousness, we shouldn't go back to the mud puddle that we came from. We have to let him continue working in our lives. Let him continue working in your life. And it's a process, right? I think sometimes people think, oh yeah, that person came to faith and look what they did the next day. They, they just have to grow in their faith. We all are growing in our faith, and we need to allow God to work in us and allow Him to transform our lives. We're not perfect once we come to faith, but we know that. We see that. But we need to allow God to continue to work and transform us. Don't try to create your own righteousness either. We, we have a message of faith. Remember, don't try to create your own righteousness. Oh, yeah, because I don't do this, because I don't do that, and because I don't do that, I'm good. God's going to accept me. No, it's based on your faith in Jesus Christ and what he has done by bearing your guilt and uh, shame and your sin on him when he went to the cross. We have to step out in faith to continue following him. And, and finally, Paul says these, uh, these three verses that we looked at earlier here, and he writes in Romans chapter 10, verse 11 and 12, uh, these verses, they're, they're right in context with what he said over in verse 3 uh, to 10, and he writes in 11, he says, As Scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. I love that verse. And then he says, uh, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile or Jew and Greek. And the same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And it comes down to this. Now, the third thing is this. Jesus will never let you down. He will never let you down. And I think that there's, uh, there's something there that sometimes people uh, miss and they, uh, they lose connection with, and we, we'll talk about that, but, but it comes down to this. There is hope in this. There's hope in Christ, and Scripture reveals how faith can be transforming for your life, replacing the fear and hesitation with bold confidence that rests on the sure promises of God. For this purpose, Paul quotes Isaiah chapter 28. Here in verse 11, and, uh, and he, he says, it's uh, Isaiah 28, verse 16. He says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. Wonderful. I love this passage because it, it's a great reminder that God will never let us down. Now, here's, uh, here's the caveat to that. 
Here's the thing where sometimes people run off the rails a little bit. Sometimes we'll pick up their own ideas of what God should be doing for us. That's pretty easy to happen, isn't it? Just like it's pretty easy for people to pick up the idea that because I live this way and that way, God's going to accept me for who I am because I'm a great benevolent person or whatever. But we have to realize that there, there's more to it. Uh, they, people will think that he, he should do this or that, so uh, they may at times feel like God didn't do for them what he should have done for them. And when this happens, some turn away from the Lord. Some turn away from their faith, and I've seen it happen. I've seen that happen throughout my lifetime of following the Lord. I've seen that happen, and, and you have to remember this. His ways are way above our ways. His abilities and understanding is so much different than our abilities and understanding. Look at what Isaiah says, Isaiah 55, verse 9. The prophet writes here, and he says these words. He says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. We have to understand, yeah, we've went through a lot of things in this last year, right? A lot of things. But we have to understand that God still has our back and He knows the situation and He cares for us. He cares. His ways are bigger than ours and, and, and He doesn't separate Himself from His word that He has spoken. You can trust Him. God is a complete picture of your life and you can only see some of yesterday. Right? You can only see some of yesterday. Fact is, is we think sometimes that we can see all of yesterday, but we can't, can we? We don't see it all. We don't see it. We, we can remember maybe some of the patches of the things that we did or we've been involved in or whatever, but we don't see it all. God sees that big picture even from the past. So we can see some things from yesterday, but we simply do not see it all. So what does, what does we'll never be put to shame mean to us? Those who commit themselves to Christ will never be let down. Doesn't mean you don't go through challenges. Doesn't mean you don't go through difficulties. They will happen. That's part of living. In fact, Jesus promised that you would get them. Most people don't quote, go around quoting that promise. <laughs> I don't hear too many people quoting the, the, the promise that, that we will face difficulties, but the reality is He has promised that just like He has promised great blessing. And, and that blessing is for us. And we, we find here that again in verse 12 it says, For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Every person. Every man, woman, boy, and girl, we're all the same. It does not matter who we are, what our background is. He, if we call on Him in faith, not because we're just, oh, oh, thank God. No, no, we call on Him in faith because we believe in what Jesus has done for us and because we put our faith in Him. And the great thing is, is He will then make you righteous. 
Some of you are sitting here and you are righteous because you have been called righteous by God. Not because you're the greatest person in the world. You can look in the rearview mirror and see your own, see your own past. Sometimes you don't want to see the own, your own past, do you? And you look in that rearview mirror and you realize, hey, there's no way God could see me righteous. But if you put your faith in Christ, and if you put your trust in Him, then when you look in that rearview mirror, you need to be able to see the blood of Christ that covers over a multitude of sins. Because He does that for us. He does that by faith as we trust in Him. Trust in Him today. Doesn't matter who you are or where you're from. Even your own good works, they can't save you. But we must follow God's rule of faith. Trusting in the one who makes you righteous. Because He's the one that does it. What would you do if somebody came into your house or your apartment and said, I have a set of keys for you. I have a set of keys and I have a title, a signed title in my hand uh, to be able to hand you a brand new car. It's the car of your dreams. I don't know. Whatever the car of your dreams is. Maybe a Lamborghini. Uh, maybe, maybe, a, maybe a, I don't know, a Toyota Corolla. I'm not sure what it is. Maybe it's an SUV. I'm not sure. But they have a vehicle of your dreams. And they said, here's the keys. Here's the signed title. We've paid the taxes for the lifetime. We paid the registration for the lifetime. It's yours, freed and clear. You can do with this thing whatever you want to do with it. It is yours. All you have to do is to take those things from me and then go to the DMV and register it in your name. Go, you take it there, you register that, that signed title in your name. What would you do? What would you do with that? Would you take it and drive away and go to the DMV? Or would you just sit there and awe and say, well, oh, well, that's nice. Set the keys down, set the title down and say, hey, that's pretty good. And then just leave, leave the signed title there in the, in the public for somebody else to swipe it? I don't know. I dare to say that this is what the Lord has done for us with something much greater. He's not giving us a car. A uh, car, that'll rot. That, that just, that'll, it, it'll rust. But he's offered this salvation and hope to us that we can walk in faith to serve the Lord. And all you have to do is to reach out and accept it by faith and then tell others, he's my Lord. Tell others he's my Lord. It's important. That's an important part. I learned that many years ago. I came to faith when I got out of high school. And when, after I got out of high school, I remember sitting, and, and I don't know, maybe some of the guys are watching on here, but I remember I was in a diesel technician uh, school, uh, uh, diesel technology, and I was there, and I remember we had this teacher, and this teacher came in, and she did smart, uh, short, small classes for us, and we had to write some things down uh, in that class. There's about 30 of us there. We had to write and set down some things that we would never uh, give up on, that we would never turn away from. And it was interesting. She, and so I'm like, I'm new to the faith. I had really never told, confessed my faith to anybody. And I, I really felt strong in this situation. Well, I would never give up the cross. I would never give up my faith. 
And uh, what we didn't know is we had to write that down. And after we wrote it down, she was going to have each and every one of us get, in front, get up in front of the class and tell, tell these things to them. These rough old diesel tech guys. And, and uh, so I, I finally got up and the, I said, Lord, I need your help on this one. Because I felt very strong that I needed to be able to confess my faith. And it wasn't in the church, by the way. And so I, I, I got up and, and before I did, she said I, something I would never give up is my faith in God. So I got up that day. It was my turn. I was glad I sat on the back row. <laughs> And I got up there, and, uh, and I said, I, would not, I wouldn't give up my faith in Christ. I was marked at that point. <laughs> but the fact was, is it opened some doors for me? Other doors it closed for sure. But it did open some doors that I could share my faith with other students. It's a great opportunity for me. But also a great challenge. And see, as followers of Jesus, we have to be able to step past where we are and allow God to work in our lives. Are we willing to just believe and let it, you know, not really say anything about it? Or are we willing to believe and then profess, to confess? Because that's what Paul says here in Romans 10, that we believe and then we confess. Some of you made the decision to follow the Lord. Some of you made that decision already, and now it's up to you to be able to share with others what God has done in your life. But for some, whether here or online, you haven't made that confession of faith, nor maybe you haven't put your faith or your trust in Him. But God has a plan for you if you will just trust in Him. Would you stand with me this morning? The reality is, is that Jesus went to that cross not so that we could wear crosses around our necks and have beautiful jewelry and have a diamond cross on our ear. He didn't do that so that we could have those little things like that. That cross was a rugged cross. That cross took his life. And that cross took his life so that we might live. He bore our sins. He bore our sicknesses. He bore our infirmities on that cross that day. And what we must do is put our faith in Him and trust Him with everything we have. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? For you online as well, you may say, I haven't made that statement of faith Maybe you say, I, I haven't yet believed until now, but I want to make that statement of faith. And if that's you, whether you're here with me in person or if you're online, just lift your hand up and say, I want to make that statement of faith today because I want to follow the Lord and serve Him. It's an opportunity that you have. I want to challenge you to tell others what God has done for you. I want to challenge you to put your faith and your trust in Him and walk with Him. And then I want to challenge you to say a simple prayer in your heart. Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin. Just say that prayer. I want to pray for you this morning. Father, 
We thank you that you are faithful. Father, I thank you for each and every person here. Father God, I thank you for those online. I pray that you would just continue to do a work in each person. Father God, may they open up their heart that you may do something in them like never before. That, Father God, that they would put their trust in you. That, Father God, that they would walk with you in faith, whether it's on the sidewalk, whether it's in the woods or on the Shunga Trail, so to speak. Lord, have your way in each and every one of us. Father, we thank you. We offer ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen.